You know how hard that is to tell somebody you're too old to insert thing here? Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits. Well, we start with breaking news from Hollywood. People stabbing. It uh, looks like we're coming to a stop out here. The door is open. This guy is getting out of the vehicle. What? Oh, he's got a gun. He has got a gun. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is not going to end very well. That's why I'm voting for Eric Garcetti. Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits on KFI. KFI AM, 640, more stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian sits in here till 10 p.m. with producer Joey Murata and Josh Taylor in there, Michael Chappé, giving you all the news for, uh, well, Southern California from Santa Barbara on down so that you can win your Monday. Um, missiles hitting Syria as the White House is reportedly debating still what to do, how to respond to chemical weapon attacks. Uh, in in Syria, we'll give you the latest there uh, on uh, in in just a second. But locally, man on crane. Breaking news out of Hollywood, where a man has climbed a construction crane and is climbing the cables, as you see, just precariously about 200 feet off the ground. Uh, there, authorities are responding and trying to figure out exactly how to deal with this situation. This is video from one of our eyewitness news viewers on Twitter. It was just about three years ago that uh, celebrity stuntman and uh, daredevil, if you want to call him that, Steve-O climbed a crane in... No, no, I don't. I don't want to call him that. Hollywood is part of a stunt. He eventually turned himself into authorities and was sentenced to 30 days in jail. Uh, but right now, this guy is uh, kind of keeping people biting their nails, hoping this turns out okay, because that is not safe, what no. he is doing right now. Thank you. It's our uh, good friends, Channel 7. I forgot the call letters, but uh, that's the latest. Apparently, and this is Hollywood Boulevard, uh, the the east end, right before it gets to the 101. And uh, so it's not on the other side of, of Highland, and it's apparently still uh, ongoing. And this is the kind of construction crane, I guess, to, to describe it. Um, it's It looks like, a, 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 you know, a capital, no, I shouldn't say that. It looks like a lowercase t, except one of the arms is shorter than the other. Um, and it's cabled and cantilevered, so the guy... Went all the way up to the top, to the sort of control cabin, and he kept going up to the very the the tippy top. And we can't find no one is giving us any live uh, footage of it right now. But uh, L.A. Fire Department, LAPD are are still on this, and uh, we'll we'll give you uh, an update. But the sun's down now, and the guy uh, went up there shirtless. He looked like he had possibly rock climbing shoes. Uh, or something, but uh, there he is. the the la The last update from LA Fire Department is from uh, 34 minutes ago. Uh, they and but they dated at 5:19 p.m. LA Fire Department firefighters remain on scene of an adult male, unknown age or affiliation, who climbed. They misspelled climbed. Who climbed? Atop a construction crane approximately 200 feet above ground, LAFD and LAPD continue. So, uh, oh, I, oh, I'm sorry, that's, that, that's a tiny URL. It, it, the press release goes on. LAFD and LAPD continue to attempt, pardon me, the attempt to provide for his safety while communicating with him. No further information uh, at this time. So we'll surf around and look. Uh, I'm, I hesitate to go on Periscope. Uh, or or Meerkat or any of those, any live streaming, because you people ha don't have the skill that we do in radio, where you edit yourself and uh, and you you drop the f bombs left and right, so we can't take it live uh, on the air. So uh, so we're not going to. But uh, so anyway, that is ongoing. We'll give you any updates. And and again, we can't find any. No one here on Sunday night is breaking away from their their uh, their local. Uh, for this. So uh, let me uh, just get to this. In Syria, uh, this is the sound. Yes, jets and people speaking Arabic. This was uh, uploaded about an hour ago. It is uh, shot from physically from inside of Lebanon, and there, there are a lot of confusing reports about what's going on uh, right now in Syria, except that Syrian state TV 
have indicated that uh, their, their description is cruise missiles have hit the Syrian air base that's designated T-4. Um, that is uh, the one that is evidently responsible for the aircraft that did the chemical weapon strike uh, in the neighborhood of Duma uh, two days ago. That has President Trump upset enough to call uh, Bashar Assad animal Assad earlier today on Twitter. Uh, it's a it's a very busy day for a Sunday here in Washington. I mean, there in Washington D.C. because uh, National Security Advisor McMaster is officially handing the keys over to former U.N. Ambassador John Bolton. Later today, they've already issued their official handshake photo, uh, the whole thing. Um, but Trump tweeting out that Putin's responsible and his Iranian cohorts and Assad is an animal and the whole thing, then uh, evidently there is a war council in, in the, the White House tonight where the, the Pentagon are expected to provide likely targets. And then tomorrow early is a emergency session of the United Nations Security Council. So these things all lead to the conclusion that it's highly unlikely that American missiles are hitting the Syrian airbase. Israel isn't commenting, but the likelihood that these are Syrian missiles is very, very high for a couple of reasons, because they came in through Le Lebanese airspace. They, they flew the shortest distance between A and B from uh, either air-launched or ground-launched cruise missiles from inside of Israel. And then uh, secondly, no one else regionally has the capability. What would the motive be? Probably um, if, if there is evidence of chemical munitions, the Israelis have settled, uh, scores to settle with the Iranians and the Syrians anyway. They would want to begin damaging and fixing that air base before the Syrians can start trucking that stuff out of there. Uh, the Syrians, probably the Israelis, in all likelihood, have drone eyes on the base and are aware this is the base where the chemical warfare came from. That was a big stink a year ago, was that after the fact, it was very difficult to prove that the Syrians, that we hit the air base that really, truly uh, was the origin point of last year's uh, chemical attack against his own citizens. So uh, in, in, in this case, the Israelis attempting to create enough damage at this base to make uh, a cover-up virtually impossible. So they get caught in the act. Yeah. And the difficulty here, and the Israelis are responding to this. Now, the U.S. would know where these missiles are coming from, right? N probably, uh, but the Israelis probably would have the best real-time uh, information. Uh, you know, b background uh, plus real-time information. We're monitoring it, but they're probably doing it as well or better than us. And they have a luxury that we don't have. And that is, they know what they know, and they don't have to worry about Putin's response or whatever. Because Vladimir Putin did respond through the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs earlier tonight, uh, earlier this afternoon, our time. It is significant, because this is a significant difference between last year. I'll tell you what that is when we, well, this is not a tease, it's the news. Um, Putin announced through the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Russian Ministry of Defense that unlike last year, the Russians are, in fact, going to defend Syrian airspace. And the Israeli use of cruise missiles instead of manned aircraft likely is a recognition of this because right now um, many, many witnesses around the Russian airbase of Hamim in Syria are reporting that the Russians have sortied dozens of aircraft into the air. Right now it is... Uh, 612 in the in the a.m. in Damascus. So the sun is coming up in Syria and the Russians are in the airspace and that the Russians, uh, the, the, uh, supposedly eight cruise missiles have been shot down. That seems, if that is a true number, that seems more like a Russian achievement than a Syrian achievement. The Syrians right now are saying they're counting 12 dead, 12 Syrian soldiers dead, 20 wounded, and they're talking about damage to the base. So the Syrians are confirming uh, or at least they're claiming that this base was hit and damaged and that they have lost guys. Would this be unusual for Israel to act out in this manner? Kind of because they're not that upset uh, like we were about the use of chemical weapons. They have their own agenda. They will bomb the living crap out of Hezbollah or the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. Anytime they try to convoy ballistic missiles into Lebanon, the Israelis will, will interdict. They will cluster bomb the crap out of that. Wouldn't, wouldn't Israel notify the U.S. before doing something they like that? They probably did, hmm. the, in all likelihood, because we have to deconflict the airspace over Syria yeah. because NATO's flying around 
air fingers bombing ISIS. Uh, the and the Israelis, uh, they the Israelis de- the Israelis call Moscow, so they've had a de facto deal with Putin for the past three years, saying, "Hey, we're going to need, need the airspace for the next two hours. We can't tell you why, but you're but you're not the target as usual." What's the escalation factor here? This this is a little tense right now. Yeah, it it's uh, it's it's ramping up depending on what the U.S. does. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back because there is a very important U.N. meeting tomorrow. But the reports of explosions in Syria are. The Pentagon, by the way, officially saying we know nothing about this, and, and I believe that, uh, but I but something is exploding, and the only other regional power with cruise missiles that can do this is Israel. So uh, we'll be back right after this Super Hyper Local Sunday, or Super Syria Local Sunday right after this. Brian sits in here till 10 p.m. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. If I am 640 more stimulating talk, it is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian suits in here till 10 p.m. We're monitoring a couple different sources in the Middle East, explaining why uh, there were explosions and uh, and uh, aircraft heard over Lebanon and Syria, resulting uh, apparently uh, targeting a Syrian airbase uh, designated T4, which is not the one that was hit by the U.S. about a year ago. Uh, after a chemical weapon use uh, by Bashar Assad, uh, the strike is most likely 99% Israeli. And um, and what's his name? Uh, Michael Weiss, from who is a, a CNN contributor, uh, and others. Uh, his his speculation here is that Israel, having previously bombed other chemical weapons facilities in Syria, sent cruise missiles overnight. You know, again, it's 6.22 in the morning in, in Damascus, so the sun is just coming up or, or just came up. And so about two hours ago, when when the sounds of jets, which possibly uh, could have been manned aircraft or Israeli uh, cruise missiles, unmanned cruise missiles, were, were heard flying over Lebanon, and then explosions heard at this airbase, that this, his speculation is that this would be Israel reminding the uh or telling the U.S., we just did this with impunity. You can do this. Because the complication here, uh, as I explained in, in the last break, is that the Russian Ministry for Foreign Affairs and the Russian embassy in the U.S., and I retweeted this a couple hours ago, they stated today that that the uh, they feel that the United States is making up a fake war with fake news. This was uh, a false flag. There was no use of chemical weapons. And if you attempt to follow up with another strike like you did last year, we are not going to sit idly by and watch you uh, uh, violate sovereign Syrian airspace. And they used that phrase in a tweet today, which is interesting because it I think it tips their hand for, for tomorrow. Because of, of all the parties blowing up Syria, NATO and the United States are the and Israel are the ones who are not invited. Um, that if the Russians assert Syrian sovereignty tomorrow— they have the very real legal stance, which is we're the only ones who've been invited in. Uh, you guys are literally violating. And we don't care if you're bombing ISIS. That war is over. You're now violating Syrian airspace. So we'll see where this goes tomorrow. But what, what appears to have happened, uh, and the, the Syrians are confirming it, the Russians will be reacting. But it appears that Israel has struck Syria with cruise missiles uh, the Syrian defense forces are claiming eight missiles shot down. And, and as I say, that is probably an indication that the Russians are actually stepping in to uh, attempt to defend the Syrian airspace. Because the Syrian Air Force and Syrian air defense uh, resources have done a really, really crappy job for the past seven years. They're, they're just b- barely above competent. Um, on on this, and that at least the, the missiles launch. And there's lots of video coming out of uh, Syria of of missiles, anti-aircraft missiles actually leaving their launchers, but none of them are intercepting anything. So if if they indeed shot down eight missiles, it's probably the Russians doing it. Um, and so in in terms of sticking their toe in the water, the Israelis have evidently proved the concept and said, "Listen, our cruise missiles got to the target. The target's been hit." Our eyes are on the target. They can't 
cover up. They can't hide evidence. So if you want to do this, you can do it with impunity and not risk uh, any manpower. And and by the way, the the USS Georgia, which is a uh, uh, attack submarine, is in the Mediterranean, and on it itself has 172 Tomahawk missiles on it. So this can be done literally from one ship. So that is, uh, as we speak, the president's being given options and targets. And the Israelis have decided, well, this is probably the most likely target. The president has an option because you'll note, if you know anything about where the U.S. Navy puts their aircraft carriers, there's none in the Middle East right now. There's three in the South China Sea because we were kind of a month ago um, thinking about possibly striking North Korea or two months ago. The, the carriers are still there, but... Are the resources there to shoot cruise missiles at Syria? Yes, they are, uh, in the form of the USS Georgia, a ballistic missile submarine, uh, an attack submarine, uh, as well as other U.S. Navy ships with dozens of cruise missiles uh, on them. So just like last year, where we used cruise missiles not risking American air power and also mainly not risking that confrontation that we've been trying to avoid of American aircraft in the air being confronted and challenged by Putin's air force in the air. And so for, for, by some miracle for the past three years, th- there has not been an American-Russian air-to-air exchange that's been deconflicted very, very successfully. And it appears that we're uh, still uh, uh, averse uh, to that. But the Israelis are showing that that's not a problem. We just struck from Israel the target that, you're in t- you're, that we anticipate you're going to hit, that we think the, was the originator of the chemical weapons uh, we've hit that target, so the cleanup is, is going to be hard, and uh, so there's that. So that's what we know right now. Probably more details will come out. Who will come in there and look if the cleanup's going to be hard? Who's going to have access to the ground that's um, basically unbiased? Um, nobody that Assad would let in. Right. Absolutely nobody, unless you're prepared to seize and hold the airfield um, and, and then bring in uh, U.N. resources. N- nobody's going to. And the the Russians know that, the Syrians know that. All you know, the only quote evidence is are going to be black and white photos that are going to assume that that stack over there or chemical weapons or whatever. But the uh, but Assad still gets to run his country, and uh, and and you know he's not going to allow American experts on the ground to say, yeah, there's chemical weapons uh, here at this at this airfield. But again, officially. Bashar Assad in 2014 was supposed to have given up 100% of his chemical weapons. We know as of last year that that's a complete lie. So uh, whatever happens at the UN tomorrow, um, the, the UN's statement that they released today was so lukewarm. The Secretary General of the United Nations basically said that he's calling on violence on both sides to end. He didn't denounce the use of chemical weapons. Wow. He just said violence on both sides needs to end. And, and so I, I tweeted out, area man declares that the barn is closed and all the bulls need to get back in. It's, it's, it was really, really a ridiculous uh, statement by the U.N. So I don't expect a heck of a lot to happen at the U.N. tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Super Hyper Local Sunday. The latest on Guy on Crane. That and more local news right after this. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. Forty more stimulating talk. It is super hyper local Sunday. Brian suits in here until 10 p.m. with all of the news that uh, you need to win your Monday, uh, including news as, as it breaks out of Israel, where Israeli newspapers are explaining a little more about the attacks in Syria. The Syrians are still blaming us, saying that uh, that it was American cruise missiles hitting a Syrian airbase about two hours ago. But the Pentagon's denying that, and and it makes sense because, um, frankly. The uh, the Pentagon is going to pre-announce, just like last year, uh, this kind of thing. This is our apparently this is our our new mo is is to uh, pre-announce this. But anyway, uh, robbery most foul. I say to ye uh, in Pasadena. This is yesterday morning. What the heck is happening in uh, in everyone's beloved Pasadena? A hit-and-run bandit, though he didn't actually hit anyone, a hit-and-run bandit stole a cell phone and designer sneakers 
at gunpoint from a man in his own front yard yesterday morning. Took the guy's sneakers off his feet? Yes. <laughs> Pass it, but listen to, listen to what he was wearing. Pasadena Police Lieutenant uh, Lieutenant William Greasefe said the 19-year-old victim was talking on his cell phone in front of his home in the 1200 block, North Garfield Avenue, Avenue shortly after 4 p.m., when a Hispanic man approached him and brandished a black and silver handgun, the robber demanded the phone and the shoes, which were Balenciaga sneakers worth nearly $500. Ne- never heard of them. What kind of sneakers? Balenciaga. I'm on Amazon right now. Oh, oh you can see what they are? Um, who wants to wear $500 sneakers? I don't have $500 worth of shoes in my closet. Right. Um, f- 500 Balenciaga. I've ne- I've never I don't know where they retail and I I've never wow. I, I don't see them. I see some for eight fifty. Oh my lord. Eight hundred eight hundred and fifty? Yeah, balancing a triple S mesh and leather sneaker, gray or black, men's thirteen D, eight hundred fifty. Neiman oh, well, Marcus. This, Neiman this, Marcus. This guy went lowbrow. This guy yeah. must have he's slumming at five hundred dollars. <laughs> and they don't look they look like, you know, my ASICs. Oh, so they're like running shoes? Yeah, I'm, it looks like I'm running for this one, the Triple S. I'm looking at Balenciaga men's and women's vintage. They're 120, 39. And then there's some that look kind of like skin diving boots. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, so they must make some super high end or, or custom or limited run. Oh, they're in, uh, headquartered in France? Or either that, or I just know where to go for the values because Amazon always does me right. Oh, my God. $586? For the Balenciaga, the men's 47, 72, 85, WAD, 41,000 black leather sneakers. Wow. They look like Stan Smith's. They look like black Stan Smith's. Full stop. Period. That's it. My God. Of course, in California, 586 retail, you walk out with $650 shoes after the taxes and everything. And what are they going to last? Six months? A year? I don't don't know. And also... Where, where are you going where people are looking at your shoes? I mean, do you walk into the Palm and go, did you notice that I was wearing $650 Balenciaga shoes? Yeah, is this a trend? I mean, where the robbers are even noticing that the guy's wearing high-priced sneakers? And also, the guy spends, the dude spends $600 worth of money on shoes, but then, according to the report, the victim complied at gunpoint. <laughs> I'd be like, no. These are $600 shoes. They'll make you run faster. Yeah. The robber is described as being between 19 and 22 years of age. He fled the scene on foot, (laughs) Um, but with uh, far, far more high-end kicks. So the robber remains at large. The victim was not injured, but uh, his his pride and his his, uh, bank account were. How do you walk... I, I'm assuming if you're living in Pasadena at the age of 19, you're probably still with mommy and daddy. Yes, yeah. Right? Mommy and daddy put those on their credit card. How do you walk back in the house barefoot and, <laughs> and say, the wildest thing just happened? Mom and dad, the craziest thing just happened. A guy between 19 and 22, and you know what? I think he was Hispanic because he was speaking Hispanic. And, and so and so this might very well be a real robbery, but I'm just saying if he sold those shoes for cash, if he Craigslisted those so oh. he could have some drinking money, that would be the story you'd come up with. Well, Dad says get ready for kids. I guess. You know, you're not getting another hey, pair of those. Sketchers, son. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I was it's four PM in Pasadena and I'm out there, I'm like I'm I'm wrapping it down with my bros on the horn and uh, a Hispanic guy came up with a gun and it was silver and black. And he said, he said, give me your shoes in that accent. And so I, I happened to be wearing the Balenciaga $600 sneakers that you got me for Easter last Sunday. And, uh, and I had to, Dad, what do you want me to do, take a bullet for these shoes? Well, give me a second, son, let me think. But either that or there is a desperado uh, who is out robbing people for their shoes. But, I mean... What are the odds that you're just walking down the street in Pasadena and that guy standing there happens to have those shoes and you decide, you know what, I don't have a car. My bad rascal's in the garage. I'm on foot. I don't lo- I'm don't. i not in Pasadena. I'm going to pull my handgun and rob that guy of his shoes. And I'll, you know what, I'll probably get away with it. I'm just saying my spidey sense on this one is a little tweaked. Uh, if, if, in fact, he's a victim of real crime, then I call on Pasadena police to leave no stern no stone unturned, and find this scoff law immediately. There may be another story. Um, uh, the uh, the update, the guy on the crane, as you heard from Michael Chappé, 
uh, guy on crane is now guy in ambulance, probably going to uh, a psych ward. Meth, at, meth rehab, maybe? Yeah, um, Cedar sinai or whatever. Last time a guy went up on a crane was at the end of that pursuit about six months ago, and he wound up doing a Greg Luganis uh, off that thing all, into the concrete pool. Uh-oh. Yeah, that didn't work out so well for him. Yeah, uh, you heard the L.A. Times said the guy was barefoot. He was doing yeah, some good I, climbing. I thought there. it was rock climbing shoes or something like that. The guy, he might be a parkour guy, you know, or something. I, I don't know, but he got up there barefoot. I mean, he, the guy must be ripped. And That's, he wasn't using the metal ladder. He no. was using the beams. And I used to rock climb, and I'm here to tell you that uh, to go up that thing with without belay, without a rope. I mean, and an American flag wrapped around you. There's there's gotta be a deeper story. Um, the outbreak of ambulance stealing continues. Uh, we'll tell you about the latest ambulance stealing uh, incident in Los Angeles and uh, the deep criminal background of the young woman accused of doing it right after this. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian sits in here until 10 p.m. at KFI, AM640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. More stimulating talk. It is super hyper local Sunday. Brian suits in here until 10 p.m. so that you, ye, can win your Monday. And um, the press conference or press releases out of Israel and uh, Israeli media uh, pretty much are uh, taking credit for what appears to be a cruise missile strike against a Syrian air base. And this is on the heels of a uh, very intense day in Washington, D.C., with President Trump summoning the Pentagon and his national security team. Uh, for options, because it seems fairly clear that one year after we struck Syria with cruise missiles, that they've done the same thing, but it's a little more complex. So maybe we'll. we'll so you're saying they're taking they're taking responsibility? Uh, well, no, Israel has, has oh, not officially nobody has, said. Nobody has. Okay. Yeah, but Israeli media are saying they're pretty much what I said earlier in the hour is like, who else could it be? We would have claimed credit to to deconflict and make the point. No one else has this capability for a thousand miles, uh, it, and so those are kosher missiles, if you know what I'm saying. It's the process of elimination. Yeah. Now, don't laugh, but could that was Joey Murata laughing because he's an anti-Semite. <laughs> don't laugh, but could Israel get any any uh, uh, chops for doing this from the neighbors? That, no, no. Um, because the the Saudis are probably secretly high fiving. That somebody struck Assad. They're the ones funding the last remnants of, of terrorists. In fact, in, in, earlier today, the the militia, the terrorist militia that was in the Duma neighborhood that was struck with the chemical weapons, they surrendered. They got on buses and they left, uh, effectively announcing that we didn't do it. Assad did it. It worked. We're leaving. And and so now with the official cover of, of Putin, Assad has a blueprint, which is, you know what? I'm going to depopulate areas with chemical weapons. They get on buses. They leave. I, I, I retake my territory. Why didn't I think of this seven years ago? So uh, so that's, that's still a very dynamic and complex situation. I'll be on with Bill Handel tomorrow at 7 so a.m. No goodwill for Israel on this. Um, uh, yeah, well, here's the thing. The, officially, the, the, the tomahawk is buried between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Israel and Saudi Arabia are on the absolute same page about Iran uh, and Iran's activities in Syria. And they it's, it's to a point where the Israelis will coordinate with the Saudis uh, about certain things. Really? Yeah, uh, to deconflict the airspace. And that they're all on the same page that uh, uh, the Israelis, of uh, the list of people who hate Assad, Israel's not even in the top ten. Because he's a known quantity, they can deal with him. They they can they can telegraph his moves. Saudis want him out badly, um, and they they want Iran's expansion to stop at the Tigris River in Iraq. Uh, they want Syria to be run by the majority of Syrians who are Sunni, and the Saudis would absolutely pay to reconstruct the place in their in their uh, in their image. And because Hezbollah, Syria, and Iran are all Shia. And they're militant, and they're successful, and they're winning right now. And the Saudis uh, want to stop that. So this is a, it's an extraordinarily complex situation, which which is why the people who voted for Trump in flyover country, they don't want to hear this. Trump doesn't want to hear it. 
That's why last week he announced we're getting out of Syria. Lickety split. Which, folks, in case you're wondering, that was the green light for Assad to go ahead and drop nerve gas on his own citizens, which he doesn't consider his own citizens. So if it is Israel, does that pull us back in? Uh, it, 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 does, it does now. Uh, unless, of course, the, the Syrians declare, oh, you, you got it. You, you hit all our ner- the last of our nerve gas. Oh, those clever Jews, they did it this time. Oh, well, we'll just turn over a new leaf, which is not likely. So it, it, what, what is likely is that it, uh, before this strike by the Israelis, I would have said it's 50-50 whether or not we hit Assad after Trump says that we're getting out. Now I think it's far more likely that we check the box at the U.N. tomorrow. The U.N. says, all right, we declare one hour of official thumb twiddling, at which point we'll come back and take some silly symbolic vote, and then you can launch your cruise missiles. So probably late Monday night, our time, we'll be hearing the same thing. Uh, only this time it'll be American cruise missiles. Maybe the same target. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what the same target Los Angeles is. Ambulances. Just a few days after another stolen ambulance, we got another one. An ambulance was stolen in downtown L.A. early this morning. You know, nothing good happens on Sunday morning after midnight in Los Angeles. Um, it, this one crashed near MacArthur Park. Uh, the unoccupied ambulance was taken as L.A. Fire Department paramedics were outside the ambulance assessing a patient on scene around 3.45 a.m. So the driver, the, the two paramedics are out of the ambulance. I don't know if they leave it running or leave the keys in or whatever. you got to power those things up. they got a lot of I, equipment true, in there. That's yeah. true. They are sitting there. They're better off running. Um, so they walk away from the ambulance. The theft happened near 7th Street and Grand Avenue in downtown L.A. Oh, well, geez. I'm surprised some skid row guy didn't fall asleep in the back of something. Officials dispatched another ambulance to transport the patient to a local hospital. Fire department said police quickly located the stolen vehicle, I hope so, uh, which which crashed two miles away on 7th Street in the Westlake neighborhood. LAPD said the thief had already fled the scene by the time officers arrived. No injuries were reported. Uh, uh, authorities provided no further information. Another occupied ambulance, pardon me, unoccupied ambulance, was stolen in downtown L.A. on Tuesday, leading to the arrest of a woman uh, after a slow-speed pursuit that ended 36 miles away. But, yeah, you know what you're doing. You jump into an ambulance, you know damn well what you're doing. You know you're going to be caught. And and I don't know if if there is a dashboard cam or they can get fingerprints out of it or whatever, but, you know, that's our tax dollars. You crashed an ambulance that we paid for? No, those aren't cheap. Those, those things that are built on, like, a Ford F-350 chassis, they're like $300,000 rigs. They could hurt someone, too. Uh, yeah, we're I supposed mean, to get like 10 years out of these things. Really? 10 years? Yeah. They're they're supposed to be amortized out to like 8 to 10 years. I mean, they're expensive. And so when they find this woman, she better be picking up garbage for like the next 30 years. I'm, I'm sure that'll happen. Uh, we'll be back. An update on what's happening in Syria, whether or not the United States is involved. Uh, that and more, plus uh, Melrose, a restaurant, a car, a collision, an injured person, that and more. It's all super hyper local Sunday. Plus, El Sportsball Caliente, Kevin Figures will join us to talk about the Masters, the uh, Doyers, and uh, Shohei Otani today with the uh, Anaheim Angels. That and more coming up next hour, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. And tell me I didn't just nail that. Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits. Well, we start with breaking news from Hollywood. People stabbed. It uh, looks like we're coming to a stop out here. The door is open. This guy is getting out of the vehicle. What? Oh, he's got a gun. He has got a gun. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is not going to end very well. That's why I'm voting for Eric Garcetti. Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits on KFI. KFI AM 640 more stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian suits in here until 10 p.m. And we do have uh, there. There is some some breaking news as producer Joey Murata and I are, are checking our work on this. And we'll have to bounce it off Michael Chappé, who's an actual newsman. But correct me if I'm wrong. I can't find any homicides. Oh, no, there was. I'm sure there was a woman in Riverside taken into custody after her uh Live-in boyfriend was found dead in that his bed. That was Saturday morning, um, but wasn't he found a couple days ago? Oh, or was? Oh no, seven a.m. Saturday. Report of a disease. I thought I'd heard that like on Thursday. I think that that one. It's got to be something else. I'm uh, the potential homicide. There's that woman dog story. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, that's uh, right. The fire, a woman and her dog, but that also could be an accident. Mm-hmm. You know, people die in fires. But if I correct me, if I some as, so I'm looking around. I can't find any drive-by. I can't. I'm, I'm checking Silmar, Compton, everywhere. What about I, Wilmington? I thought something. Yeah, here we got one. Uh, I don't know how long this, how long ago this happened. Now that was uh, 1 a.m. Saturday. Shooting took place 1 a.m. Saturday on North McDonald Avenue in Wilmington. 37-year-old man. Apparently shot and killed. Hamas, okay. Well, there's one. I mean, th- again, go. 19 million people live south of Santa Barbara, and we've got uh, two homicides. The mayor of London earlier today, because London had more homicides than New York City for the first time in history, the mayor of London tweeted out today, and they're all, by the way, they're all knife homicides. They're knives, sharpened steel, okay, fourth century technology. Uh, by, by golly, the framers, the founders, who who wrote the Magna Carta never had military grade steel in mind for 2018. I don't know what their excuse is there, but the mayor of London said no one needs a knife, and if you have a knife, you will be prosecuted for, to the full extent of the law. So in other words, now it's not only illegal to teach your dog to do a Nazi salute. A guy prosecuted in, in are you in, kidding me? Two weeks ago, a guy went to prison for teaching his dog to do a Nazi salute, and he put it on YouTube. He was found guilty. That's illegal. Now illegal to just walk around with a knife. And and uh, just walk around with a knife. You have a knife as a tool, as a, like a leatherman or whatever. In London, that, that's now illegal. Is that an is there an inch that's allowed? Like I don't a know. Inch you could have. But this is the mayor of London questioning why anyone would want a knife. I, I don't leave the house without a knife. You need a knife to do stuff. Open your beef jerky, you need a knife. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes it's a, it's a, a leatherman tool. But it's extremely men, men and women who go to offices have a knife in their, uh, in in their uh, purse or their wallet, their suit, whatever. Just insane. But in London, the mayor's questioning uh, even why you have a uh, sharpened knife. But uh, anyway, uh, we declare this a relatively homicide-free uh, weekend so far. Granted, there's still three hours left, two hours fifty-three minutes. But so far. We can only account for two homicides. You know, there was a tweet earlier saying that a judge had said that it's okay under the Second Amendment to ban assault-style weapons. I don't know if you saw that. What judge? Because the Supreme I'm Court. I'm looking for it. I'm oh, really? It. Yeah, it was a. It was a judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it said Supreme Court judge. Yeah, I'm that, ain't, that ain't happening. Um, the story of the weekend, however, uh, it is 3:08 p.m. Saturday. North Vermont Avenue, we lay our scene. Both uh, multiple fire units, including Urban Search and Rescue, responded to East Hollywood yesterday to help a man believed to be about 70 years old who got a, quote, personal body part, close quote, stuck between slats of a park bench. And you got details on this now? I I don't know if I want them. (laughs) Uh, Because dangerous speculation is so much more entertaining. The firefighters quickly freed the man from the bench. L.A. Fire Department spokesman Amy Bastman said the incident was 3.08 p.m. at 1280 North Vermont Avenue. Um, She could not provide details about the, quote, personal body part. Right, but aren't all our body parts personal? Yeah, that's true. what I was thinking. Uh, Or how it became stuck in the park bench. The man was taken to a hospital after he was freed, Amy Bastman said. The incident happened near Hollywood Presbyterian Medical Center. All right, well, so... I happen to own the same, I'm assuming, the same equipment. And if you're sitting on a park bench, if you are seated on a park bench, there's only one, one bit of your naughty bits that could slip through the slats. And that's the old, the old joke about old men wearing shorts is that they've got saggy scrotums that when they're bending over at Home Depot, it sticks out. And the only thing I can figure, because, and believe me, I, I didn't try to, to recreate this. I don't live near any park benches, but the only thing that could have happened is that the sack went through there. <laughs> I mean, what else? Unless the guy's the most well-endowed 70-year-old man of all time, um, if he's just sitting there. But that's if I assume that he's just sitting there. How do you ask for help for that? How do you? Excuse me. You know, remember there's that horrible scene. I think it's the f- the second Daniel Craig 007 movie where they strip him naked. Oh, that got cut me. Cut a hole in the wicker chair. Yes. That got me. I was like, <laughs> oh, my. Who, who thought that one up? I don't. I think this guy. I think this guy is a former uh, uh, 007 screenwriter. But 
this what, what I'm saying is my assumption is that he wasn't doing anything untoward. Right. And then it just, oh, I don't know, slipped through there. If he was doing something untoward, if if a 70-year-old man in the middle of the day is having sex with a park bench in L.A., I, I say, bravo. Bravo, sir. Makes you proud to be American. My golly. But what could he have been doing? was consensual with the bench, of course. And there's also a possibility that he was a homeless old 70-year-old guy and that he decided to do that to a park bench. I might be looking too closely into the text here, but it, it, everything's in the singular. So they talk about a, a body part and how it got stuck in. Well, that I mean, is. You could say a. But that's a personal idea. body part. A, yeah. Do you, do you have? Do you name each one? There's like, one. Dr. No, Kenneth Noisewater. <laughs> don't you just have one scrotum? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean, do you, I don't know. When you guys talk about that, do you think of a scrotum or do you think of testicles? I mean, I, I, I think it's one item. Okay. Uh, though, though, yeah. like I say, what's it's, what's. What is what in Anchorman? What does he name them? <laughs> he oh, has a name for both yeah. of them. Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. No, the... not Jack Johnson. Oh, um, but so anyway. Well, I would love to get more details from the LA Fire Department. I sense that they will not respond to my request for this particular <laughs> uh, intervention report. But I, all I want to know is what was stuck there and how did that happen? Because if there's an outbreak of people having sex with park benches in Los Angeles. I think we need to know. There was no uh, legal intervention, apparently. So no, he I guess, wasn't I guess, charged you know or what? suspected of anything. Good point. I'm assuming that there is a statute against having sex with inanimate uh, you know, city property. Uh, and this doesn't say bus stop. It says park bench. So I don't know what park is at 1280 North Vermont. We'll have to uh, check that out. He needs some newer tidy whities Yeah. Or he perhaps needs a, an ankle bracelet <laughs> tracking his location. <laughs> Uh, we'll be back here in just a second. Uh, yes, SUV versus restaurant on uh, Wilshire, pardon me, on Melrose. Uh, we'll get to that here in just a second. Four injured, gas explosion, torrents, all of it on a uh, thankfully virtually homicide-free Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits back with uh, that local news and more right after this KFI AM640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. Hey, bye. AM six forty more stimulating talk. It is super hyper local Sunday. Brian suits in here until ten p.m. with everything you need to know to win your Monday. And again, speculation is coming in through the Twitterverse, and then via people who have my number and can text me. And they're telling me to stop talking about old man's private body parts. But I just I still want to know what got caught and and what he was doing. So by process of elimination, if he wasn't arrested, it he probably wasn't having uh, unnatural relations with the the city park bench. Yeah, I would like to avoid that someday in my older dear older years. Yeah, I'd like to you know just be heads up on this. So we'll uh, we'll we'll keep sifting because that's what we do as uh, as journalists. A man was hospitalized yesterday, serious leg injury after a vehicle crashed into a restaurant on Melrose. The incident happened at uh, Teres Mexican Grill, fifty eight hundred block of Melrose. Uh, he said, probably the manager and co-owner said, quote, the last thing I saw was him get smashed by the car into our building. In my mind, I was like, oh, man, I just witnessed a fatality. This just turned into the worst day of my life, close quote. Did he use those words? I just witnessed a fatality. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Apparently, he's quoted in, by by Channel 7. I forgot the call letters, but I love how it's, it's, this is the worst day of my life. Okay, the guy at the other end of the SUV just had a pretty crappy day, too. <laughs> is he really, he's deceased. No, no. Oh, good. Uh, hurt leg. The 26-year-old victim and a friend were eating outside the restaurant when the speeding SUV suddenly lost control. Uh, the uh, manager went on with more brilliant quotes saying, all, all of the sudden, I just saw a car coming out of the corner. It really did move. It really did the most professional drift I've ever seen in my life, like straight out of a movie like Fast and Furious. I assume he's talking about Fast and Furious 5, Tokyo Drift. Did he really say all of the sudden? It's, it's how uh, Channel Seven Mercy. quoted them. Yeah. Uh, the man realized the manager realized the SUV was coming straight toward the restaurant. One of the men outside managed to get out of the way, but the other was hit as a vehicle smashed into the building. Uh, the man was rushed to the hospital with a serious leg injury. Authorities said the driver fled the scene, ditching the SUV just around the corner next to a Pavilions grocery store. Uh, the manager of Therese, co-founder, said he hopes the driver will do the right thing. And turn his or herself in, but also said what really matters is the innocent victim. Uh, but Melrose has uh, video surveillance up and down. 
So they they and they are, they have the car, and they they have the license plate, but uh, I, they're not saying what the vehicle was. So, uh, but but someone doing because here's the crazy thing, anything if you're uh, anywhere you are in in Burbank, if you don't know this, Glendale, Burbank, uh, La Cañada, <clears throat> Silmar. I shouldn't. I don't even. Do I even have to say Silmar? In the middle of every intersection, every major intersection, like San Fernando or any of those, you see gigantic rubber patches. That's all that is, is these guys on Saturday night with GoPros on the hoods of their cars just just drifting, just doing drift racing, and, and then they'll rip up and down the 170, and they'll exit quickly, and they'll do a bunch of donuts at, like, Oxnard. Oxnard and, and uh, uh, something, Vineland. And then they'll get right back on the 170. And I mean, it's it's like I, I it's almost like it's a conspiracy with local law enforcement because I never see when I see this crap happening, I don't see cops anywhere pursuing anybody, and also I don't see helicopters at night on weekends with with uh, searchlights uh, that are pinning cars going after cars, but that's just my personal complaint. Uh, we do have a dead motorcyclist. Last weekend we had four uh, fatalities by motorcycle. This time Calabasas. Uh, a motorcyclist was killed uh, earlier this morning around 11.03 a.m. Uh, crashed with another vehicle on a twisting mountain road above Calabasas. The crash was on Stunt Road, about a mile uphill from Mulholland Highway. It was reported to the to the CHP at 11.03 a.m. Paramedics and firefighters were dispatched. Does it say what kind of bike? Uh, it does not. The, the motorcyclist may have been a man in his mid to late 20s. Uh, stunt road was closed. Uh, the motorcycle was pulled up a steep hillside, loaded onto a tow truck. Uh, we don't have the uh, don't have a, uh, a picture of that. I know I know that area. It's funny because you go just west of 405, you can get back on Mulholland, and you can follow it to an old Nike Zeus missile facility that the county of LA has restored to a park. So you can you can go to the end of Mulholland proper, and and uh, and uh, and tool around there. But if you go, there's a there's a ravine. If you go past that, Mulholland continues, like out to Ventura. Uh, in one shape or another, Mulholland continues out of LA County, uh, going west, and then apparently a, a bunch of it is horse trail and all that. So anyway, motorcycle versus car collision on Stunt Road near Calabasas. Uh, ironically named. Um, the uh, woman and dog that we were talking about earlier, the, this fatality in El Sereno. A woman and dog were found dead following a house fire in El Sereno Saturday morning. L.A. Fire Department firefighters battled the blaze. Single-story home around 7.30 a.m. Officials said 35 firefighters were able to extinct, uh, 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 what do they say, break down the blaze and knock down the blaze in 16 minutes, but discovered a woman and one dog inside the residence. Authorities believe the woman was older, lived alone with her pets, a uh, neighbor said the woman was kind and fed cats outside of her residence. No cats were found inside the house. Her identity has not been released. Cause of fire uh, is under investigation uh, and as well as cause of death. So uh, we'll see. Sounds sounds accidental. But so did that other one a couple weeks ago. That was initially called uh, uh, a, a death, accidental death in a fire. Firefighters quickly discovered there was uh, skullduggery afoot. So uh, we... We, uh, the jury's out on this entire deal. Uh, the possible gas explosion in Torrance. Uh, witnesses are saying possible, my ass, it was a gas explosion. Four people were heard in a possible gas explosion Sunday afternoon in Torrance. 1.30 p.m., firefighters responded uh, Anza Avenue in Torrance. Two of the injured were transported to a hospital as a precaution. The uh, two apartment units at the scene were damaged in the blast, and windows and doors could be seen with heavy damage. We just heard a really loud noise, said woman, one woman who lives nearby. It seriously sounded like a refrigerator falling or something. Anza Avenue was closed in both directions. Torrance PD tweeted out, uh, possible gas explosion, northbound and southbound Anza Avenue. We don't know any more about this, but as you know, if you're a frequent listener of Super Hyper Local Sunday, you know what the darn kids are doing these days with butane and one liter uh, uh, soda bottles. And uh, and marijuana buds, they're uh, they're getting hash oil out of it. And if they don't take precautions, you get these random gas explosions 
that usually happen in Palisades or Malibu, well, this be, Beverly this, Hills. This one severely damages two units. That'd be a big one. Though. That that, but if you're if you're in a enclosed apartment, and you don't have the kitchen fan going or whatever, <laughs> it, you know what? It, it's an explosive. It's not an accelerant. It's an explosive. You know, with all the natural gas here, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Yeah, and you know what it does? There's an initial expansion, and then there's a oxygen void. It's, it becomes an overpressure. It implodes. It implodes okay. And so they can be lucky sometimes. That's why the garages implode when when your, your good-for-nothing teenage sons at the age of 25 are doing this out in your garage right with your Tesla sitting right there. Um, the, 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 the garage will, will collapse on side uh, their, their stupid little either cockfighting ring or, or meth lab or marijuana oil uh, uh, operation. Back in just a minute uh, with L Sports Ball Caliente. Kevin Figures from KLAC down the hall. Your home of the Dodgers will talk to us about the, the weekend in Dodgerdom as well as the weekend in Golfdom. And then this uh, Shohei Otani with an uh, outstanding day today. That and more coming up. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Everything you need to know about sports right after this KFI AM640. More stimulating talk. Monica Chappé with the news. So I say D. I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, team, team. KFI, AM640, more stimulating talk. It is super hyper local Sunday. Brian sits in here until 10 o'clock. And right down the hall is AM570 KLAC, your home of the Doyers and also the home of our permanent sports editor, L Sportsball Caliente, Kevin Figures, uh, also heard on... The uh, the Fred Rodney show Rogan and uh, Rodney and Rogan Rogan and uh, Petros and Money, so uh, quite a quite a sports ball Sunday here. Interesting weekend. I love the intro music. By the way, I felt like I was right back in the nineteen seventies. I have, wanted to have you break out my dancing shoes. Danny Kay. I, I, it's, it's like from the from uh, the forties. Yeah, I heard it way oh, no. way back in the day. I've, Sixty-two. I had not heard it. Sixty-two. Yeah, I had. Yeah. Heard it. I know they meant they mentioned Kofax. So I knew I was. Somewhere in the ballpark of the '60s or the '70s, but uh, he spe- yeah, that's a- he spells out Doyers. But we know how to spell the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm pretty good on that. One. Well, let, let's start. Let's start with this because I, I got to say, yeah, we were. I was text complaining to you about this. A pair of really good games in a row last mm-hmm. night. 14 innings, uh, extra innings. Uh, the, uh, the Giants. Uh, with, with a walk-off home run, beating the, the Dodgers late. Terrific game. Today, again, pitcher's duel, another good game, and I'm paying for MLB TV, but I can't watch it because I live in the L.A. area and the Doyers are playing. Now, don't, don't get yourself in trouble right? by saying it, if you know what I'm saying. But I understand. I'm pretty pissed. I missed two good games. Yeah, it's really an unfortunate situation, and that's just how the blackout rules apply, regardless if you pay for the MLB TV or the extra innings pass on whatever TV provider you have. If you're in a local market, you're unable to watch those games. Um, so it's just unfortunate that the, the Dodgers are not as widespread on television as they'd like to be in the L.A. market, but you can listen to every single game on AM570 LA Sports, which is, which is what we prefer you to do anyway. Which we should with Charlie Steiner's a terrific call. Uh, yes. And, and uh, he was last Friday night, he was making fun. There was some drunk right below the broadcast booth, and the guy apparently stood up in the seventh inning, and he remained up for the next seven innings. And you couldn't, he was, he was so loud, Charlie Steiner was making fun of him. Sounds like fun. It was fun. Um, and, but this is why, by the way, if, if people are wondering, this is why Major League Baseball per game is losing audience, at least for the Dodgers. I mean, there were two terrific games, but you couldn't see them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll just say local market television ratings the last couple of years have actually been very good uh, on, on the upswing. National TV ratings are kind of – they ebb and flow a little bit. But uh, generally speaking, TV ratings for baseball in local markets are fairly healthy, uh, especially in markets where the local teams are – fairly widely distributed and the majority of the market can actually watch them. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. And there was some uh, gnashing of teeth. There was some consternation that the Doyers went into Friday, Friday night's game. They were two and five. They ended Friday mm-hmm. two and six. This is not the way 2018 is supposed to go. They turned it around today though. They, well, they turned it around a bit. Clayton Kershaw was himself uh, one seven strong, uh, did allow an earned run after he left the game. He had a couple of guys on base, but 
Offense has been the issue for the Dodgers all season long. They stranded nine runners uh, today. I believe they stranded 13 in the 14-inning marathon on Saturday. They just have not been able to drive runners in, and they were one of the best teams in all of baseball last season, one of the best offenses. Matter of fact, the best offense in baseball last year, and they just haven't been clicking. I know they don't have Justin Turner in the lineup, one of the best third basemen in the league, one of the best hitters, but you know, a lot of these guys are still back from last season. You, you know, you still have your Chris Taylors, Corey Seager, Yasiel Puig. There's no excuse for them to be this bad this early, but yeah. it is early, so they have they have time to be able to figure it out still. So um, there was, if, if you're not paying attention, the Angels' offseason acquisition of Shohei Otani from the Japanese leagues was highly anticipated. He looks like a poster boy for everything that's right and good about baseball, the whole thing. Spring ball in Arizona shows up. He sucked. He had a, 20, he had a 22, 22 uh, ERA, like 22.9 ERA on, on like 20 innings pitched or whatever. He absolutely spewed, and everyone was going, oh, another Japanese bust. This this guy, game after game, is getting better better. Today, He he goes... What seven perfect game for six innings? Perfect game uh, through, uh, into into the seventh inning before he gave up a hit. Uh, finished with a no runs allowed, twelve strikeouts, uh, and the A's looked fooled. I mean, they looked absolutely fooled up there. With their, they couldn't figure out anything that he was throwing. And by the way, I'll add in with the bat as well. You know, the first two way player, which is the major deal, why he was brought over. You know, he looked just as bad with the bat as he did pitching in spring training. He batted like 102 or something like that. Yeah. And so far this season, he's batting 389 with three home runs and seven RBI. So uh, it's killing it, you with the bat and on the mound. It's insane. And the, the Angels win 6-1. And you know what this reminds me of? Remember when Puig showed up from out of absolutely nowhere in, right. in June and or in, in May? And mm-hmm. he just had that amazing two-month run. No one knew who the guy was. No one knew how to pitch the guy. I uh, That's the vibe I'm getting with Shohei Otani. It really does. I know it's very, very early. Some people were mentioning Fernando Mania, if you're old enough to remember Fernando Valenzuela uh, back in the early 80s. So I don't know if I'm ready to go that far yet. It's only been two starts, and they've both been against the Oakland A's. So it's not murderer's row he's facing here. So yeah. you'd like to see him face a little adversity, get through 10, 12, 13 starts, see what the wear and tear of a major league season is going to be on him, being both a hitter and a pitcher at the major league level, uh, before we start anointing him. It's very impressive, especially considering, as you mentioned, how poor he performed in the spring. Yeah. Uh, and it's phenomenal. He's got off to a phenomenal start. But let's see if he can sustain it. You mentioned Yasiel Puig was great for a couple of months and was very mediocre the, the next two or three years after that before he kind of turned around and leveled off last season. So just because you catch a house of fire early on doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and for people who, who don't know, in the Japanese leagues, they don't have 389 outfields. The, it's it's 200. No. So hitting, that's why there's so many Japanese busts at, at the plate. Like each, mm-hmm. Ichiro, Ichiro Suzuki did not show up, advertised as a power hitter. I think in his career, the guy only has like two or three home runs. He, but he could hit singles and doubles like no one's business. This guy came here, advertised as a power hitter, and he's delivering some some huge shots. Big time, Mike, gigantic shots, over 400 feet, two of his three home runs, absolutely demolishing the ball. So if you're an Angel fan, uh, reason to be very excited for sure. They're off to a great start. Now, Tani's uh, proven a lot of people, proven me wrong, because I said if this was any other prospect, from Japan or anywhere else, and he performed as poorly as he performed in the spring, there's no way they could justify starting him in the major leagues. But they're making us all look dumb so far. Uh, Then at the Masters today in Georgia, somebody won the tournament, and they were very, very thrilled. So that was cool. (laughs) Yes. All right. Thanks for checking. Somebody not named Tiger Woods. Uh, Somebody not named Tiger. My only observation on this is the only reason I even tuned in was was because, and this is where I, I hope golf understands this, People really do want to see him come back. Today he made the final cut for Sunday, which mm-hmm. is better than he's done in three years or whatever. The reason you watch the ratings for this Masters are going, are going to be the best in maybe four or five years because the guy was playing on Sunday. People want to see this guy come back. They do. Now, the, and the ratings might be okay this year too considering it was a competitive finish. You know, the guy who won, a guy named Patrick Reed from Augusta, Georgia, great story, all that. 
and had some big names behind him. Ricky Fowler had a great uh, – Jordan Spieth was phenomenal, nearly chased him down. But obviously, you know, Tiger Woods is the, is the heavy hitter. Actually finished uh, over par today, which was, which was a big deal. Finished tied for 32nd place. But to your point, uh, first time he's actually competed in a major, champ, major tournament since 2015 the PGA Championship. So just the fact that he was there available competing on a Sunday, uh, fairly significant for sure. But I think it also helps that you at least had a competitive matchup towards the end, even though it's a bunch of guys that you wouldn't be able to pick out of a lineup, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, and I didn't know any of them, but the early in the morning, CBS and, and the Golf Channel, they couldn't get enough Tiger on the screen. And I, I think, obviously, there needs to be a real-world remake of Bagger Vance. Only <laughs> Tiger is the golfer, and you need... You need like Gilbert Gottfried. Oh God! To be the guru. There's a name I haven't heard in 15 years. You need Gilbert Gottfried to be the golf guru, <laughs> and so I was walking up the fairway because it was the safest place to be. That's the, the last place I would think Gilbert Gottfried would be welcome as a golf course. You imagine him speaking on the course, but someone plugging their ears. Somebody has to be a Tiger whisperer because that would be just too big of a story. I really would like to see the guy win a major tournament, just because that would be a really cool moment. I still think he might. You know, people were encouraged. Look, he came into the Masters as one of the top three favorites to win, and this is just based off of finishing second and third place in some minor tournaments a couple of months ago. So you can see a little bit of Tiger kind of creeping back up. Um, he's still not that old. Now, the injuries are still, you know, the back issue, knee issue, you know, things are tough to overcome. But so far, outside of the early part of this weekend, He's performed pretty well since he's been consistently competing these last few months. So as encouraging as we had uh, later into the season, and maybe he will be, you know, in line for a top five finish in one of these major tournaments before the season is over. Yeah, now now that apparently he's cured of uh, his penis winding up in uh, strange women. <laughs> uh, are you ever really cured of that, Brian? I, I don't know about Tiger, <laughs> but um, and and you know what? He's a single guy. Who cares? It's none of our business. Yeah, exactly. Well, unless you're being sued by one of your former girlfriends, well, there's that too. Yeah, there's that. Uh, all right. Well, El Sports World Caliente is uh, better known as Kevin Figures from KLAC AM570, your Doyer station. Thanks for joining us. No problem, Brian. We'll talk to you. All right. Uh, there you go. Uh, we'll be back in just a second with Have You Seen a Free Couch? The, uh, the fastest growing sensation in the Southland. We all see them. You know where they are. Now you have a place to report them. Have You Seen a Free Couch? Hashtag Have You Seen a Free Couch on the Twitter machine. Back right after this, KFI AM640. More stimulating talk. Super hyper local Sunday. Michael Chappé with the news. KFI AMC 40 more stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here. One last time. Uh, if we can fit in, have you seen the couch? We'll do it. But I forgot the the uh, Han Solo standalone origin movie. The, the official trailer just dropped about four hours ago. And so uh, we have that. That is some big entertainment news. And I, I don't know, uh, movie-wise, uh, we know what was happening. Black, Black Panther was on a course, uh, and they finally crossed the line. They're, they uh, made more than Titanic, and, and it uh, uh, continues. It continues. Um, so, uh, but anyway, the the big, which is not uh, big movie news, but uh, a good weekend all the way around. Blockers uh, with the $21 million debut. I heard a good review about that. And there's a big silhouette of a rooster, a male chicken, or a cock. Uh, and then the word blockers. So that's what you're supposed to know. Uh, also, Chappaquiddick. Which no park I, bench? I've, no, that's not part of the, I got to see Chappaquiddick. Um, I do too. Yeah, better than expected, six uh, million. But uh, Black Panther now. What are the critics saying about Chappaquiddick? I, I, well, they're probably vomiting and hating it. Oh, but if Ted Kennedy hadn't killed that girl that he was having an affair with in a pond, then maybe maybe they should be mad at Ted Kennedy. Um, I do have the great story, by the way. Uh, you know, as I sit here uh, expressing my frustration about why doesn't L.A. Uh, find these guys in Silmar at these intersections when I'm driving home on Saturdays or, or uh, Sundays and stop the street racing. Of course, Riverside is doing something. Mayor Rusty down there is headed up to here with this crap. Is that what that video was from? Yeah, Mayor Rusty, uh, huge stud. People in Riverside love the guy. He doesn't like street racers. And uh, Channel 7, I forgot their call letters, uh, filed this report. 
Local authorities cracking down on street racing and sideshows overnight in the Inland Empire. Yeah. Well, here's a scene of them doing donuts, and they're shutting down an active intersection to do it. That was the scene last night in San Bernardino near Waterman and the 10 Freeway. Street racers blocking traffic and doing dangerous stunts as spectators and looked tons. on. The CHP and the Riverside Police Department conducted a joint street racing operation. Here's, they here's say Officer Rails there has back. been an increase in these illegal sideshows in the past few months. Take it away. Uh, some of these vehicles doing uh, burnouts uh, right in the middle of a city intersection. Um, that is completely dangerous. You're putting not only yourself and those uh, spectators at risk, but also just the motoring public who may be trying to get through. Then they stick a mic in the face of one of the a-holes behind his wheel. Listen to this rocket scientist. We ain't trying to start no harassments. We ain't trying to kill nobody out here. We just trying to have fun. Hey, dumbass, you're shutting down an active intersection. So uh, I, I don't know what you're, you're saying about we ain't trying to start any harassments. You're, you're breaking the frickin' law. We ain't trying to start no harassments. We ain't trying to kill nobody out here. We just trying to have fun. That's going to be in the new intro. Because that's that's one of our mottos here at Super Hyper Local Sundays. We ain't trying to start no harassments. And we ain't trying to kill nobody. And all kinds of double negatives. Uh, Solo, the Star Wars official trailer for the origin story, dropped four hours ago. Here's a little bit of this. Is, here's, our, here's our live, real-time reaction. Joey, did you see it? Or have you not seen it? Uh, I have seen the trailer, yes. Oh, okay. No spoilers on the trailer. All right. There you go. Old Star Wars looking stuff. You're off to something. Sand people. Is it revenge? Money. Non solo gambling. There's Chewbacca. Or is it something else? There's Millennium Falcon. You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. Woody freaking Harrelson. Oh. I'm a driver. Oh. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything. Heard about me. It's young Lando Calrissian. It's true. <laughs> Sorry, that guy does not turn into Billy D. Williams. <laughs> L3! Let's go with a mean man's face. Well, there you go. I'm in. I'm pretty oh, really? It looks awesome. It it looks awesome. And so I'm Who's in. The young Solo? Uh, I can. Uh, oh, what? Alden, I can't say his name. Uh, Alden Ehrenreich? Uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, that's my best shot at his. Uh, no clue what he's done. He's I haven't IMD um, beat him. Hail Caesar. Uh, oh, Cooper. I know him from Hail Caesar. Yeah. He was the cowboy guy. Oh, okay. Um, no one but me saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> me and the Coen brothers, but I, I liked it. But uh, okay, so that guy. All right. Well, he, you know what? He resembles a young Harrison Ford. So they've done that correctly. Uh, as opposed to Moneyball, the guy who was supposed to be the young Brad Pitt. Just huge fail. What? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, well, if, if for the goodly order, has anyone seen a free couch? Because I can't top what I had last Sunday. I mean, I, I saw some some good stuff on Normandy, but I have no idea what the cross streets were. Somewhere around third, I want to say. So just go up and down Normandy, yeah, and you'll yeah, find some good, good free stuff. Good. Uh, I, I got one shot. on York uh, oh. on the on the lawn. Uh, decent looking little black two seater couch with a sign that says free on it. Post rain. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's it's good to go. Good. So you don't rehydrate other people's mistakes. That's that's what we talked about last weekend. All right. Well, that's super hyper local Sunday. Thanks everyone. Uh, Joey Murata, Josh Saylor, Michael Chappé. Uh, I'll be back on tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. with Bill Handel talking about the what we'll what we know about missile strikes in Syria earlier uh, uh, tonight, and also the uh, big doings at the UN tomorrow. Uh, my name is Brian Suits at Dark Secret Place on the Twitter machine, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk.